Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Use promo code Gators to double your first deposit only at MyBookie.ag. This episode of Gators Breakdown is also brought to you by Shark Coatings. Visit sharkfloorcoatings.com when you need professional floor coating services done right the first time. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. Doing something a little bit different this week. I know everybody, not everybody, a lot of you out there uh, struggling with the hurricane out there. I've got to work it too with my normal job, my regular job. So this week's kind of the end of this week is kind of thrown up in the air uh, just a bit. So this episode of Gators Breakdown will be the last one of the week, kind of doing something different. Going to give you guys a preview of some of the chats we do on Gators Breakdown Plus. Uh, so if you want to join Gators Breakdown Plus, link is in the description. Only starts at 3 bucks a month. But we have these chats on here. Uh, I share, record, put them out there for Gators Breakdown Plus members. So it's a Gators Breakdown Plus member chat and send it out to members for our members-only episodes. So you get a gist of uh, how we do that there. Uh, some good conversation going on with the depth chart that was released. A lot of changes on the depth chart this week for the Gators ahead of the Eastern Washington game. That is now on Sunday, of course, instead of Saturday. So if you missed that, uh, I doubt you did. <laughs> but uh, if you did, instead of Saturday at noon, game is that Sunday at noon. And a lot of changes, on the, some interesting changes on the depth chart. Not a lot. Interesting. Better way to describe it there. So a little bit different this week. Not really a preview of Easter, Eastern Washington. Should be a game Florida should control. So uh, hopefully that holds true. So you'll get a chat here. Some good conversation going on with me and Gators Breakdown Plus members. So hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Really, really helps us out here on this YouTube version. And uh, you can check us out at newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. And also the link is in the description for as well. Uh, as well on for Gators Breakdown Plus. So a lot of good stuff going on there that Discord chat all the time and 
one of the features of that Discord chat is a voice chat where we get to have a, you know, a voice chat back and forth with members. So you get a preview of that right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Plenty of storylines came out today so <laughs> from the uh, SEC teleconference and the normal Wednesday media session. Uh, they did move it up an hour, uh, Billy Napier said, because, of course, the storm coming through, so their team is going to have Thursday off and come back on Friday. But, of course, with the game now being on Sunday against Eastern Washington, that kind of opens the schedule up a little bit. But let's start with the... Start with a depth chart. The um, big, you know, probably besides this would be the most newsworthy depth chart release since the very first one, <laughs> of course, the very first week of the season versus Utah, and then this one right here versus Eastern Washington. Well, a lot can be, a lot can be taken away from it. So. We'll start on offense. Not much has changed there when we look at it. A lot of it's on defense, special teams as well. But, yeah, let's just go through you know, Henderson, Shorter, Pierce, all your top three receivers. Uh, depth chart doesn't change much behind those guys either. And then Garage, White, Egwakon, Torrance, Barber. So it does look like, of course, Michael Tarquin. He is still listed out. He is on the injury report, lower body injury. So there's one little note, of course, still listed as out, not even questionable. Uh, Jack Miller, upper body injury, of course, I think uh, the thumb. He is listed as questionable this week versus Eastern Washington. Anthony Richardson, Jalen Kitna, or Kyle Ingle there for quarterbacks. Nick Juan Wright, Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, or Lorenzo Lingard. For the running back. So no surprise there. But then we go to defense. And we move to the other side. And it's apparent right away with the way Florida puts this out. At defensive end, Justice Boone gets to start on the depth chart. Or is listed top of the depth chart. Ahead of Princely Yumin Mielin. Uh, and look, that's probably warranted. Uh, uh, Justice Boone had the big hit versus Kentucky. You go and look at the game versus Tennessee as well. Does his job, you know, not just going out there and making tackles. It's going out there and just doing your job, whether it holds, holding the edge, holding contain. Uh, Justice Boone has done a good job of that as well, especially for a young player. Uh, and uh, look, I thought we had some, probably some high high thoughts of Princely coming into this season, but it seems like to me, Justice Boone gets out there. He's more of a playmaker so far than Princely through four games of the season. So should be no surprise. We see a depth chart now with Princely behind Justice Boone. Go to nose tackle, Des Watson, Jalen Lee, Jalen Humphreys, Jamari Lyons, Jervon Dexter there, defensive end behind him, Tyreek Sapp and Chris McClellan. Uh, a nice little, you know, Eastern Washington is probably a good uh, opponent, but I'm eager to see. And I, I got passed up twice today, so unfortunately I wasn't going to, I wasn't able to ask. I was going to ask um, Billy Napier about 
the defensive line and the production of Jervon Dexter. Of course, the stat numbers aren't there. Um, look, he doesn't really play a stat machine position anyway. Also, offenses are focused on him. Double teams are coming there. But, of course, at the same time, I think we still expected a little more production there from Jervon Dexter. So just wanted to get Billy Napier's thoughts on him so far uh, through there. But also, if Chris McClellan has also uh, put in enough playing time and enough plays, uh, we saw some good plays versus Tennessee with him, that if he's vying for some more snaps uh, as the season goes forward. So maybe next week. (laughs) That question will still be valid. Uh, next week. So, Britton Cox there at Jack as well. Um, Antoine Powell, Lloyd Summerall, David Reese behind him. Linebacker Ventrell Miller is on the depth chart. I don't know how much he'll play versus Eastern Washington. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, a valiant effort to go out there and play versus Tennessee. I would not expect, even if he's listed, even if he plays, to see him out there too much. But, also, uh, we talked about it on the Discord a little bit that, well, this is his last go-around as a Gator. And if he wants to go out there and play, then go out there and let him play. Uh, I know we want him for bigger and better games down the road, but if he feels the need to go out there uh, and, and play, this is his last go-around, his last year in, in, in a Gator uniform, I can't fault him one bit to go out there and, and want to play the game of football. Now, in a Gator uniform, uh, lasted behind him, is Scooby Williams and Derek Wingo at the other linebacker spot, Amari Bernie and Shamar James. So I, th- I do think we'll see a pretty good linebacker rotation uh, this week versus Eastern Washington. Uh, here we go. Star, Travez Johnson, Jadarius Perkins, Kamara Wilcoxon. First cornerback spot, Jason Marshall, Devin Moore, Jordan Young. That's your depth chart there. And here we go. We're going to keep it going. Safety, Rashad Torrance, backed up. For him is Corey Collier, and then the other safety spot. The way we'll, we'll end this depth chart with the newsmakers. Kamari Wilson gets a start there. It says, or Donovan McMillan. So I think Billy Napier did say it would be Wilson. McMillan would also play. When he was talking about the press, uh, when he was talking in the press conference there, Miguel Mitchell also listed there, but it looks like Kamari Wilson, true freshman, will get the start ahead of. This has been a popular topic since the Tennessee game, of course. Trey Dean, who is listed out with a lower body injury. So, we'll, uh, look, the staff has been pretty straightforward with us in the media. Uh, could there be more to this? I don't know. I haven't heard anything. We'll see. But also, it does time up with a pretty bad Trey Dean performance versus Tennessee. And now, Kamari Wilson is listed as a starter on the depth chart there along with Donovan McMillan. And then at the other cornerback spot, the other newsmaker, Jaden Hill, was back and as listed as a starter opposite Jason Marshall. Backing up him, Avery Helm, and Jalen Kimber. So, Jaden Hill back. Been practicing the last couple of weeks. I did not... In, in, in talking to people before the season started, there, there, were, there was a thought they didn't want it out there too much. Uh, Hill was injured, uh, re-injured the, um, uh, his last knee injury that he had and didn't look good, but now fortunate. It looks like all is good to go. He's been practicing the last couple, few weeks and is now going to get his first start of the season. 
there for the Gators. So good to see Jaden Hill uh, back out there. And, you know, we've seen Avery Helm uh, struggle a bit. Uh, saw him struggle last week versus Tennessee. And also, he did, and, and, and falling down uh, a whole lot. <laughs> so uh, let me also make sure, as we're recording this, this is the, the, the beauty of technology. Florida has sent out an updated depth chart. <laughs> so uh, don't think major, uh, probably the one black will be listed on this one. I think that's what I saw on Twitter. And yes, there he is. Uh, the one black is now listed, not as a starter, but it's now listed behind Amari Bernie and Shamar James for the linebacker spot. So, and of course, that name also garnering some attention today. We'll get into that as well. But Florida, just as I'm recording this, this sends out an updated depth chart. Uh, DeWan Black is on there. I am not. don't think there's any other changes that I can see. Just quickly going through it, quickly peeking at it. I don't think so. So, all right, there we go. Uh, okay, and then, so that's, that's for offense and defense. Now, if we go to kickoff return, there's another one. It's Jamarcus Weston, Trevor Etienne, Naquan Wright, Trevez Johnson. No Xavier Henderson on kickoff return. So I know of some one change uh, that we were ready to see, willing to see, because of just a lack of production there. Billy Napier discussed it earlier this week in his Monday press conference. Uh, basically saying they're going to try, basically, with it all paraphrasing, they're going to try some different things there. And there's your first change right there that we see on kickoff return, on special teams, trying to get something going there maybe. Uh, but uh, Jamarcus Weston, who has been on there bef- before, earlier in the season, it was him and Xavier Henderson. And now it was Xavier Henderson, Trevor Etienne the last couple of weeks. And now it's Jamarcus Weston, Trevor Etienne as the first two names on kickoff return depth chart. So, you know, Weston's supposed to be the one of the fastest players on the team. Maybe we get to see it. We haven't really seen we've we've yet to see that come to fruition. Trevor Etienne, we see him on offense at the running back position. We see the versatility he plays with there. We've yet to really see him kick off get get a kickoff return chance, even though he's been back there. So maybe some things are changing right there to get some more production out of kickoff returns. Injury report, one more time. Reminder, trading out this lower body injury. I haven't heard anything. Uh, That was a surprise to me when I saw the depth chart as well. Um, Granted, I haven't really been asking around a whole lot this week, trying to make sure everything's buttoned up and good for the family as I go work hurricane coverage this week. Uh, But um, still, yeah, did not really hear a whole lot there. Jack Miller, questionable. Marco Ortiz out. Michael Tarquin out. So there we go. There's your depth chart ahead of the Eastern Washington game that is now, of course, on Sunday. One more time. Reminder, team will be off on Thursday, Billy Napier says. And we'll be back on Friday. So all right, there is that. I was trying to get a setup because I want to put this in the episode, in the in this chat. I am recording it for an episode as well, and we'll play Billy Napier today on the SEC teleconference. 
and what he had to say uh, about DeWan Black. And, you know, surprise, you know, Florida looks like they're just righting the wrong there of not listening to one Black on the depth chart. You know, it's just one player now. Florida could have just easily, I think it was Nick De La Torre, good buddy there, who tweeted, hey, it was a mistake. Florida's going to re-release the depth chart. You know, they could have just left it on social media or Twitter or something like that. But, you know, I know, I guess they felt the need. Uh, to put it back out there that, hey, the one block should be on the depth chart. We will update it. So, okay. Good move by Florida right there. Uh, before we get to the the one black comments, I see the chat's kind of filled up a little bit now. Much better than it was when I started depth chart talk. So, <laughs> guys, you go, I have no idea what some of you guys are dealing with out there. So, Thanks for uh, hopping in here. Uh, if you want to unmute yourself, get in here. We'll just talk what you see from the depth chart, what you like, what you don't like. There's some feedback there if you want to have some conversation. No takers. Look at you. Come on now. Hey, Dave. What's up? Hey, um... I might have missed it. What's what's going on with Tarquin? Do you have any detail on that? Uh, details, details. I don't really know as far as it. he just had a, uh, the lower body injury, and that was what the Kentucky game early in the Kentucky game when that happened. Uh, so yeah, I I remember it. Maybe I don't remember it that well, but I didn't. It didn't look like something that was going to linger this long. So or maybe they're just giving him another week to heal. Yeah, I didn't think I it would be quite this long either. Um. I have not heard that it's like a season ender, and I, I don't think it's a season ender. So, I'll, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably can clear that up. I, I, I'm pretty sure he's not out for the season. Uh, so well, that's good. Yeah, and it could be that it is Eastern Washington, and we're going to give him another week off. So um, now I look at it that way too with Ventro Miller. I could have now just because he played last week, they may just kind of just leave him on the depth chart. It's kind of his decision, kind of like it was last week, if he wants to play or not. But for Tarquin, I can just see, hey, there's really. Well, Austin Barber's playing well. You don't really need to go mm-hmm. rush back out there. Yeah, Barber has really stepped up. I'm not surprised. I mean, he showed a little bit of something last season, but uh, I, I keep waiting for Cameron Waits to come out. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, be hard to miss. Uh, yeah, he is uh, listed behind Barber at right tackle. So, you know, if Tarquin comes back, uh, what does that do for Waits? Um, does um, I guess that is another change here I see on the depth chart. Left tackle Josh Braun is left is listed as the backup to Richard Garage. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, and I didn't see that until now either. And Jalen Farmer is now listed as the backup to Osiris Torrance at right guard. So interesting. Um, yeah. So given the opponent, and hopefully Florida goes out there and dominates Eastern Washington, do we see a Josh Braun at left tackle? Do we see Kim Waits at yeah. right tackle? You know, that's probably something. Now, South Florida should have been that blowout, and unfortunately it was not. But with the very tough schedule Florida opened up with, we have not seen a whole lot of going down the depth chart uh, a good bit, especially on the offensive side of the ball. We've seen it on defense a little bit. I know a lot of people want to see some more people play. But we've seen Shamar James out there. We've seen him go down uh, the depth chart with, with um, you know, Scooby Williams at linebacker as well. Uh, we've seen, uh, especially up front, we've seen Sapp, we've seen McClellan, we've seen Jalen Lee. 
Boone, Eumann Mielin. I mean, we've seen defense kind of go deep. We've seen it in the secondary a whole lot, too. Offense, we have not really got to see that a whole bit except for uh, the running back, running back spot. But wide receiver has pretty much been Henderson, Shorter, Pearsall, Whittemore, and that's about it. Couple, you know, couple Bowman carries out there, uh, and, and a reception, but that's really about it. Weston at receiver, Burke at receiver, Reynolds at receiver, Frazier's yet in the Kentucky game, but we haven't seen a whole lot from him either. We haven't, you know, we haven't seen the offense go deep into the depth chart yet. Yeah, but it's interesting that uh, Bowman was out there at such a pivotal point yeah. last weekend. So. But they, they clearly have some people rising. Weston is such a, I don't know what's going on. Because every offseason, the players report he's the fastest guy on the team or close to it. And then he doesn't seem to show. So no. Yeah, we I have, like, we have definitely I like moving him instead of Henderson. Because we're not getting anything from that. Yeah, I don't mind it. We're getting negative from that. Yeah, I don't mind it either. Um, if you're going to keep bringing it. And this was something about kickoff return. I mentioned on Twitter in response to somebody. And I was like, I can see them trying it one more time the way they have been doing it, but changing the personnel. Uh, and still, of course, emphasizing you cannot have those penalties. I can see them. All right, let's change some personnel. And let's go with it again. See if we can just stop these penalties. I say two more games and it continues <laughs> the way we have seen it. All right, we're fair catching everything from now on. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the expected returns. I'm not 100% that those stats take into account the rule change, which was it last season that they moved it to 25? Mm, um, it might have been 22, yeah, 2020. Yeah, I don't remember but, exactly what year, but yeah. But I mean, if it's trailing like most statistics, like let's say a five-year average or something like that, I... I just don't see the value in it. I mean, obviously, it hasn't played out well for us. If we wanted to break one out from time to time, is that really going to be the game changer as to, as opposed to what we've been doing, averaging, like, starting at our 11? I don't know. I'd prefer to see just get get to the 25 safely and uh, let AR work from there. Yeah, I also want to – it was something I wanted to go back and look at. Somebody may have already done this out there. The drives Florida actually has gotten a penalty on, and they and, and they start pretty deep in their own territory. What has been the outcome on the on those drives? Has Florida went on to score anyway? Don't get me wrong; you don't want it to happen, but has Florida going to score anyway? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's just it just makes it harder. So yeah. it's just one of those things. Yeah, that- yeah, that's what I'm saying. it's not really an excuse in it. I mean, I don't even care if Florida's scored on every one of them. <laughs> you still don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> right. The I'm trying to think, was the Richardson where the Kentucky number 15, where he where Richardson rolled out and the guy just kind of snatched it out of the air? Florida was deep in their own territory when that happened, but was that off of a kickoff return? That they started deep because of that. Oh, I don't remember. In all likelihood, it is, but I don't remember specifically. Yeah, I don't either. Might be. I might be trying to reach there, but I'm already trying to forget the Kentucky game. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> it wouldn't take me long to figure that out. Was but painful. I'm good. Huh? Yeah. Uh. But yeah, I mean, 
You like the you like the changes on defense uh, on depth chart. I mean, for me, if no one else is uh wanting to jump in, I don't want to you know take up the all this time. But uh, I don't know what's up with the Dean thing. I, I don't know if it if it is Napier's style to give him a little cover for for being sat because I mean, obviously, I think there is a morale component there because regardless of what we see Dean doing on the field, we know he's. He's a leader in the locker room, or at least he, it, that's the way I perceive it. So, honestly, I wouldn't see it, anything bad about them giving a he's hurt, that's why he's not playing sort of reasoning. But uh, personally, I wanted to see Kamari Wilson in there or Corey Collier, and that's one and two at his position. So I'm ecstatic with that change. I mean, it shows that he's willing to... I mean, that's one of the characteristics that we criticize Mullen for. So if Napier is going to actually play the best player, and we've seen him putting more and more freshman snaps in the rotation, including true freshmen, then we really have to praise him when he does that. I think that's an important characteristic for our coach. Absolutely. And to keep that going, so we'll, we'll keep that going with DeWan Black uh, and what Napier had to say about him today. So hopefully I got this set up the right way, and you guys can hear this soundbite. You know, I think it's it is a privilege and a great honor to step between the lines to be one of eleven that represents the University of Florida. Um, not to be taken lightly, you know, we don't just give those opportunities away, right? So, I think the key, much like a lot of players on our team, maybe who uh, role is small or maybe not as big as uh, we would like or they would like, uh, it's about consistency right not only as a football player but as a human being you know understanding the plan knowing what to do uh in a, in a practice environment you know proving and showing um, that you can do your job consistently for the team but uh there's no question Dewan uh at times flashes and uh has has some abilities so we're hopeful that um you know he continues to grow and mature and you know, gets more opportunities in the future. But, you know, that's going to be up to him and his attitude and his work ethic. You know football, and you pick winners all the time. So why not get paid for them at my bookie? Bet single game spreads, money lines, or parlay multiple together to increase your payouts. Low contest entry fees and over half a million to be won. Make it so you don't have to be a pro gambler to have fun. Getting started is easy. Just visit mybookie.ag, use promo code GATERS on your first deposit to secure a double deposit bonus. That's promo code GATERS to get your first deposit matched dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. MyBookie is a proven sports book that makes it simple to bet and win. So make this your winning season exclusively at MyBookie at mybookie.ag. You know the goosebumps you get when Florida takes the field? Or when that 63-yard Hail Mary actually works? Or the thrill of a game-winning interception in the end zone? What a rush. You can experience that same rush every day at your home with Shark Coatings. We'll cover your old, ugly concrete with a beautiful industrial concrete coating and a warranty that lasts longer than most careers in professional football. So whether your garage floor is for parking, partying, or working out, 
shark coatings can transform it. And if your pool deck is starting to look like a bulldog, old, cracked, and smells like pee, shark coatings can transform that too. Shark coatings is easy to clean, stain resistant, and is 100% antibacterial and antimicrobial. We're easy on the eyes and on the maintenance. Gator Nation is worldwide, and shark coatings is based right in the heart of it. So whether you live in Brunswick, Georgia, or Live Oak, Florida, down to Ocala, over to New Smyrna Beach, or anywhere in between, contact us for a free estimate today. Learn more at sharkfloorcoatings.com. That's sharkfloorcoatings.com. So definitely some interesting comments. If you didn't get to hear that, that was from Billy Napier on the SEC teleconference on Wednesday. And, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, on the surface, it does seem like, you know, there's some work to do for the one black to see some more time on the field at the linebacker spot there. And I know a lot of people uh, will look at Amari Bernie and why he's out on the field and why can't he be replaced and why won't somebody else step up. Uh, and the one black name has certainly come up plenty. And then after the onside kick return last week versus Tennessee, will come up even more. And I mean, look, this sounds like there's some off away from football responsibility that the one black needs to take care of. That's exactly what it sounds like. Could we be reading too much into it? Possibly. I don't think so. Not from stuff I've heard, uh, not from you know some of the stuff we've chatted about in, in, in the discord today when that comment was made as well. Um, you know, is it, there's so many ways to, to, to look at that. And first of all, it could be just, some of it could be just pure football is there a separation between Amari Bernie and Derek Wingo and Scooby Williams and Shamar James and DeWan Black? I mean, look at the schedule Florida played and started the season with. And there was not a lot of time to really just tinker to go along with it. I mean, you got to go out there and win some ball games. You got to go out there and against some tough opponents, go win a football game. And you can see where. All right, I'm going to lean on experience just a bit. Amari Bernie, hey, look, there's been very little separation between Amari Bernie and the younger guys. So with that being said, I'm going to lean on experience early in the season. Now, like I said, go back to the USF game. You wish that had turned out a little bit different. You wish you could give some younger guys uh, some more playing time. And I'm not sitting here saying Amari Bernie's this perfect player out there. Far from it. I've, I've criticized him plenty. But also the Utah game, as I said, it was a a bad matchup. I think a lot of linebackers are going to have that issue uh, there. But there's still some, you know, not filling the right gap, not doing what you're supposed to do. But he goes out there and also makes some plays at the same time. Uh, If if a younger linebacker was out there versus Utah and the game plays out the exact same way, do they make the play on the ball like Mario Bernie did to to, to end that game? I don't know. I, I don't know. I would like to think his experience played off in some form or fashion in, in, in that setting, uh, but I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching a bit there, uh, but also, you know, he's made some impact plays. You go back and look at the Tennessee game this past weekend, and there was, did he, did he mess up? Did he have some, you know, running backs leaving him in the shoes at times? Yes. Did he not cover a linebacker at time? Yeah, but he also had a forced fumble. He also, uh, there was a play where he shot the gap and stopped the run, and so, for Mario Bernie, there's going to be a lot of taking the good with the bad. Do I wish he was better at this point in time in his career? Yes, I do. It just still doesn't mean that he's not better than the one black Derek Wingo, Scooby, and Shamar at this point of the season. So I do think you, you, the way the season has played out so far, those hard opponents, you do lean on experience uh, just a bit. And 
So now going back to 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 the one black, and it does make it sound like you know, are you doing the things you're supposed to do to get on the field? If if everything is even on the field right now, where do you think the coach is going to go? If you're late for meetings or you're late for practice or you know don't show up for class, I'm not saying all those things are what the one, but I'm just reaching here as far as what could be the issue. Are you doing the responsibility? Are you taking care of what you're supposed to take care of doing the things you're supposed to do? And I know a lot of people will always go back and say, well, you play the best player. It doesn't really matter. No, you don't. I mean, no, you don't. How many times was it said trust and accountability was so lacking with the last staff and it tore the locker room apart? You want that again? I mean, you want this you know, brand new coach to come in with something that we know was a huge issue the last time around and start off in that, and start off in that way uh, with him? No, I mean, you're, you're going to have to build the culture. It's not instant. Not everybody's going to be on board right away. Uh, and, you know, I, I think this is just a, a byproduct of that. And it really does sound like, I don't think we're reaching here, that Billy Napier was trying to send a message to, hey, you, there's, there's things you have to take care of. There's things you have to take care of to get out there on that football field. Yeah, with Dewan Black, he's that kid you've been rooting for since 2019 to get on there. So we're talking a long time. You know, he didn't make it to college initially. So clearly there's a lot of habits built in and, you know, coaches and magic. Yeah, I, I mean, think there's a will in, in Dewan, but it's just it's not that easy. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't mean he's a bad kid at all. I don't want to make it sound like that either. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that's the way you guys take that or anything, but you know, yeah. I don't want to yeah, you know, try and. You jump on the kid a little bit here either, but at the same time, I think, you know, there, there's needs to be reasons pointed out for why he may not be on the football field. Anybody else want to hop in right here on the chat? Hey, Dave. Uh, hey, you know, speaking a bit more generally about some of these changes we're seeing on the roster, I think, you know, a lot of people are clamoring to get these changes faster. But, you know, it is Napier's first year with the program. So I think to a certain extent, he still has to be like assessing what he's got in the starters mm-hmm. as well as the backups. So, you know, I, for, for my chair, you know, I think he is making changes pretty quick and I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I think so too. I, uh, I have seen that thought out there that oh, you know, he's not much different. He's playing, you know, playing Dean. He's playing Bernie, and where, where where are the other guys at? Well, I mean, come on. There's there's plenty of other places where we've seen young guys play to where I feel good enough to say, if there were better players, they'd be playing. I mean, we've seen Sap play. We've seen McClellan play. Now, some of these are out of necessity, and some of these are out of need. I, I completely get that, but I mean. Devin Moore out there against Utah, very late in that game, first game of the season, his very first game as a true freshman, he's out there on the game-winning drive. So that, I mean, that, that shows me right there that, you know, he didn't need to be out there. Kimber could have been out there. Uh, you could have had um, Jordan Young out there. You could have had uh, Avery Helm out there. Um, I have to go back and, and look at, you know, who was out there. But, you know, no, nobody would have batted an eye in that situation if it was Avery Helm and Jason Marshall. But if I'm not, not mistaken, on that last drive, it's Jason Marshall and true freshman. Devin Moore out there. And so I think we've seen, we've seen Trevor Etienne on offense. I mean, so we've seen, I think, you know, some, some plenty of places to where 
If younger guys, it would go, let's go to linebacker. Shamar James passing a Dewan Black, passing a uh, Derek Wingo. Scooby Williams the same. You know, he's younger than those guys. He's out there playing more than Derek Wingo and Dewan Black. So I think there's plenty of scenarios to, you know, I, I don't buy the, well, he's not much different than, than what we've seen before, you know, what because of trading and Amari Bernie. I don't buy it. I don't buy. I think we've seen plenty of young players, and I, and I do agree with you. There's still some tinkering. There's still some learning uh, going on early in this season, and uh, also some must-win games uh, out there early in the season. So I can see where if most of everything is even, I'm falling back on experience. And it seems like he's not happy with necessarily the level of play right now. I think it's a big difference from Mullen, too. You know, even if he's playing Dean, it, it doesn't seem like he's happy about that. You know, he, he's noticing that there's play that needs to get improved. I just felt like Mullen always was like, no, we, we, we did pretty good today. And, you know, we'll, we'll keep uh, recruiting at about the same level and we'll keep the same players and it'll just work differently next time. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it in... In these locker room videos with the, the journey videos and in the press conferences, I mean, Dan, um, Billy Napier is different than, than, than Dan Mullen, where I, I think he's really, really harping on the, the execution, um, saying, and look, he's, he's taking ownership too, saying, look, I got to coach better. We've got to put these guys in, 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 in better position at the same time. But, you know, execution can be there. Uh, there's one player, almost every play, who's you know, he has shared that with us. You know, it se- it seems like there's just one player who's messing up on one play. It might be this player one play, another player the next play, another player the next play, uh, and you know, especially on defense, that's where we're seeing that issue. And look, there the consistency is part of the part of the problem. It's maybe hard to figure out because it's not. I think probably trading probably been the more consistent player. So you know, the change being made there, if you buy him being injured or not, but I think a lot of us were willing to to kind of jump and see a change. Um, no, I, I I do think he's pretty forthcoming. In hey, look, there's there's execution. We got we we can help him. But the, the, you can you can play you can play better, guys. You know, there's a you know, there, there's a level of play that uh, I believe that you have, and we got to go see that. Yeah, on that point, I mean, yeah, I think there's examples all around where he's playing better players or giving them more and more snaps. But you know, Dan was a player who who had Malik Davis running in front of Damian Pierce, whereas <laughs> uh, Napier has Etn running in front of. Runs a ring guard. That says a lot. I right. Feel. Yeah, that, that says a lot. And even though Naquan Wright's listed as a starter, I believe, has he led the team in carries in a game yet this year? I'm trying to remember a Utah game. But I know recently he has not. So, I mean, they're still getting, this carries are still getting split, uh, still Spill, still getting split a good bit, but you know, the, especially the last game, it didn't really matter. You know, all, all three running backs were pretty much producing the same. I mean, you know, the difference too between playing Naquan instead of ETN versus Malik Davis to Damian Pierce, I think it's just like it's not really the same. You know, you've got a super senior who has been playing pretty well and just flashed. 
very well um, versus, you know, like a true freshman who you are working into stuff and is probably still developing and getting better. You know, previously we had two super senior or senior players. One was just very, very clearly better than the other. Yeah, and I get your point. Good. My, my point, though, is that Pierce had already proven himself. I mean, remember Pierce had a pretty good season as true freshman year. Mm-hmm. And they he just did. kept – he was just a little bit – like he was just—he was a super senior, but he was still a year younger, right? And it just seemed crazy that he wouldn't be getting played. I mean, the snap count was obviously—we all know—it was kind of ridiculous last season. So that—that's why I made the point. I think it, you're right. It's not apples to apples for sure, but it's even more of an extreme example in some ways too. I always go back to—you know—you had a struggling quarterback, and <laughs> why wouldn't you lean on a guy who had been going there proving he can go run for six, seven yards of carry and go help your quarterback? Um, right. One more angle to that too, and I, I've seen this brought up too. And I was like, "Well, I mean, I had a, you know, practice can't be everything. You know, how, how do we know? You know, these guys aren't game day yeah. performers. I mean, come on, like, what are the, what are the percentages of players out there who are bad in practice but go out there and show it on game day? I mean, <laughs> coaches don't look at it that way. Believe me, you might get a chance to do it, go, to go out there and do that, but but the coaches are really going to. You know, they're going to go look at at practice, and that's going to be their first, their first line of defense on who they play. What do you do in practice? Can I trust you in practice? You know, all the other stuff where you trust, you know, are you on time? Are you doing the things you're supposed to do? But if he can't trust you in practice, is he really just supposed to put you out there just to see if you're better or not? The coaches don't think that way. You know, the, the game day performer is rare if you're not doing it in practice. I think only four games in the season, some of the senior players that are getting more snaps than maybe we think they should can be explained largely by they know more. They have that experience. It does mean something. Yeah. I mean, and uh, the four, like you said earlier, the, I mean, the four games where our schedule has been tumultuous, I mean, f- compared to any other team in the league. So yeah, the margin of error was so tight, you just kind of had to go with the more sure thing for the time being, but hopefully they really open it up heading into the middle of the season. Yeah, I can see that too. You know, I think we're, we're starting to get more, you know, and you know, every kind of been a topic lately, you know, every data point now with the coach and the players uh, is going to give us a bit more and we're seeing changes. I mean, we're seeing changes on the depth chart right now. That's another thing. I mean, we're sitting here seeing all these changes. This is going into week five. And we see Justice Boone now listed higher on the depth chart and Kamari Wilson and, you know, Jaden Hill with injury. And maybe that one's a little different, but still, um, I, I think you can maybe control that. And like I said, the backup linebackers with Shamar and, and, and Scooby Williams at this point, if I if they really thought. The one black was better than Amari Bernie, then he'd be there. He'd be he'd be starting over right now. I think I, I think there's enough evidence that we've seen throughout the first four weeks and the depth chart that, no, it doesn't matter what year you are. If you're going to earn the spot, we're going to give you the spot. Yeah, I just don't think we can discount. What, I'm really excited what about Chris McQuillan. Man, me too. That um, Those plays in the Tennessee game, I tell you what, they, they, they really stood out to me. Yeah. I, I go back and look at those Same plays here. a lot. They They – 
in that game, they really, they just really stick out. And this, you know, they were they were bunched there together, uh, of course. So kind of hard to forget, but also because we just. We just haven't seen it from Jervon. And as I said, I, there, there can be reasons. Uh, offenses are scheming towards him. They're double-teaming him, even triple-teaming him at times. Uh, we just have not seen – there's been a couple plays, of course. Uh, but I think the big standout plays so far from your defensive tackle, defensive ends there have been the Des Watson slamming the USF running back and Chris McClellan's couple of plays versus Tennessee. Yeah, he really stood out. I mean, I feel bad for Dexter because I know he's getting swallowed up. But at the same time, you know, he's still not he, – he's putting up no stats, which seems strange. I mean, not no, but you know what I mean. Very well, low. I mean, lately, the last couple so. games, it it pretty much is no stats. <laughs> uh, and it, it, don't get me wrong. Look, I'm not trying to sit here and compare him to Dominic Kung Su or, or a player like that. But don't you think offenses – winning games and scheming to, you know, stay away from him or double team him or chip him. And he was out there putting up stats anyway. You know, yeah, so, he, so Dexter he, is not the first player to get double teamed. Right. right ex- exactly. Exactly. So look, he even tweeted that he can play better. Um, and as you said, that dude, it's, it comes with the territory. I mean, I, I wish he wasn't sitting there and double, double teamed and, and schemes against, but that's the reality of it. You know, and don't get me wrong, that is a credit to probably how good he is or can be. But as you said, there's players out there all the time getting double teamed and they still make plays happen. And we're, we're, we're just not seeing it. And that doesn't mean take him off the field or anything like that. Cause I mean, that's at some point you need to rely. Okay. Well, if guys are going to double, t- double, triple team him at times. So, all right, that means there's somebody else that needs to go out there and win some one-on-one battles. Somebody needs to go out there and improve it. So if he's opening up one-on-one battles for other players, he's still an asset out there on the field. Now it's up to those other players to go win their one-on-one battles or those linebackers to fill the right gaps because an offensive lineman is so worried about Jervon Dexter. So there's he still adds value. Other guys need to step up and, and take advantage of that, but also let's like to see him fight that off and make some plays at the same time. Yeah, but I I do wonder because they have him what around sixty plus snaps a game right now. If he was rested just a bit more and they mm. rotated in people in, yeah, you know, strategically and had a really fresh version of him in the fourth quarter, maybe that's when he could make an impact. Yeah, maybe that's I where mean, they know better. And maybe that's where McClellan comes in. Maybe he can start spelling Dexter a little bit more. Oh, that'd be great. I I can't believe how good he looked. He really flashed on on Tennessee. I mean, I'm not happy about the loss, but that. It was things to get excited about, and I feel like he was a big one for me. And look, and, and, so that, and, that's I, and I get it because you know there's this whole thing. Well, you know we've seen these guys make their mistakes, and they keep doing it. So I'd rather see the young guys go out there, and if they're going to make the same mistakes, well, at least they're learning with the experience. That all sounds really good, and well, well and good on the surface, but if they go out there and cause a bomb, and and you know, or you know, you go out there and lose some games, you're not going to look back at that game and say, well. At least Jamar James got experience. No, you're still gonna be ticked off for the lost a game. So I don't, you know, I don't. I, I, it all sounds good to type that on Twitter and all that stuff, but when it comes down to it, and and, and the scoreboard reads what it is, and Florida loses the game, you're not going to feel any better about that loss because Shamar James and and Kamara Wilson went out there and just got experience. No, you still want to go out there and win the ball games. I mean, to that point, we were pretty pissed about that loss to Oklahoma. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, speaking of wonder- things to get excited about, do we think we're done with the yips with AR? Like, is that over officially, mm. or are we going to play a home game again? <laughs> yeah. You know? And here's the thing. I mean, now you got this. And I, look, I'm not making a built-in excuse or anything like that coming up. But now it's okay. Well, the game's on Sunday instead of Saturday, and your routine's all kind of weird and messed up now. And you know, you won't have the the ninety thousand. You know, I mean, you won't have ninety thousand for this game anyway. But you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, there are some things that are different uh, about this game, and you know, hopefully you go out there and have another great performance and, and back up what we saw uh, in, uh, against Tennessee. So. It is a good question. I think it's impossible to answer. I think it would be a complete guess either way right now, uh, and it's really just your preference on how you want to to move forward with Anthony Richardson. Um, we've seen some two. We've seen two good games. We've seen two bad games, and it really is. It, it's up in the air. It really is up in the air on just how how you think he's going to move forward. It is. It, it is a wait and see and a and a prove it moment. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, how many games, it makes me ask myself, how many games would you need to see him be on to believe that he's going to be on continuing? It'd have to be quite a few. To You have to put a pattern together, right? If it was bad, if it was good, bad, bad, good, we'd have to go good maybe three more times before I personally am feeling really convinced. Yeah, not even, yeah, not even sure if it needs to be in order. And look, he's not going to go out there and play like he did versus Tennessee each and every game. Uh, that's just... Uh, you know, I don't think we should expect that. Um, but we also don't need to. We don't need to see the floor performance. You know, we, we think that Kentucky performance is the floor. We don't need to see that again. We we need to see average to good to excellent from here on out. I don't need to see excellent weekend and weekend. Now, if we get that, I, of course, sign me up. I'll take that. I don't expect that, but I also don't want to see the floor. I, I want to see progression. I want to see. Go out there and manage a game. You know, quit with the interceptions, quit with the pick sixes. Um, the the you know, re- read your plays. Don't want to see him the ball so hard. Yeah, at nobody. Yeah, so you know, if it you know, and maybe even some growth. You've heard Will say it uh, at times too. You know, see some gro- we, we still can see some growth. As good as that game versus Tennessee was, you know, there's still some plays out there. There's still some checkdowns out there. Play, go out there and play smart. Uh, but uh, I think if he can use that game as a building point, uh, we, we should we, we should feel pretty good about it. Um, yeah, we just we just can't see those four performances anymore. Um, so I mean, I, I would say the, the the yips. Okay, yeah, the yips are probably gone, uh, but it, it it is still a wait and see on what type of performance you're going to get. I mean, Eastern Washington is you know a pretty weak opponent. Whether he goes out there and runs for 50 yards, 70 yards, does, does he really need to run to feel that comfortable? And, uh, you know, especially against this kind of team, you know, is this a team where he can just sit in the pocket and pick them apart? You, you'd hope so. You hope you don't have to run uh, to get comfortable. But, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what it takes to get AR ticking and, and going. I think we saw that they kind of changed the offense also. Not dramatically, but yeah. he wasn't turning his back to the uh, defense and having to you know, reestablish what the defense was doing. He, his handoffs were more, well, they allowed him to keep his eyes downfield the whole time, and I think that helped. Yeah, as much as I love the pistol, 
Um, it does not seem to be something comfortable <laughs> for Anthony Richardson. I love the pistol. And I look, the, the question I raised last week, if you are going to change some of the offense, what does it do to the run game? And I don't know if Florida could have run the ball better against Tennessee if they lined up in more pistol. I, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it, it's maybe a convenient uh, look right now. Uh, but it did help your quarterback. Uh, and as, as as Bull said, you didn't have to when you're in the pistol. All those play actions, you don't have to turn your back. You know, if the line, if the running back is off to your side a bit, you still can keep your keep your eyes on the field. Still can keep your eyes ahead. And you know, speaking of that, uh, just not, not even those type of plays, but I, I like what I saw from keeping his eyes down the field and keeping plays alive and climbing the pocket and getting rid of the ball while climbing the pocket. You know, it wasn't just as soon as he climbs them in the pocket, it's I'm going to run. I mean, he made some plays climbing the pocket and getting rid of the ball, uh, and th- th- that was growth. Uh, that, that was some growth to me in, in, in that environment, and it really led to some big plays. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Rewatching the game, do you think our problem with the running attack was the, uh, oh, God, is it Austin? I forget who the, uh, Barbara at right the tackle. Right offense. Tackle? Yeah, the filling off tents of linemen Barbara. was, or was it just that one guy from Tennessee who was just eating <laughs> the defensive lineman who was just eating our lunch? Yeah, he was. Uh, oh man, what was his name? Jeez. Uh, dang it, we couldn't block him. No. Nobody could block him. Number yeah. six. I know that. Yes, yeah, there you go. Yeah, number six. Uh, yeah, he was. He was everywhere. Um, that was <laughs> Tennessee knew what they were doing with him. Uh, they, they put that guy in some advantageous situations. And it didn't really, I say advantageous situations. It didn't matter where they put him. <laughs> he, he did some good things against that far offensive line. So I don't know. I mean, I, I like the way Billy Napier adjusted. You know, and I think we all were in the discord and I wasn't the only one. It's like, all right, we should maybe should Florida started. We saw some issues in the run game. Like, maybe we should start moving it outside a bit. And as soon as a few of us said it, we saw it. We saw it right away. You started seeing AR with the sweep, the quarterback sweep around. And that play was there numerous times. Even on the one time it didn't work, the blocking was there, the play call was there. You know, Anthony Richardson just, you know, it, the, the mess up happens right there. The, the, there were some good adjustments in the game, uh, and you know, it probably was Billy Napier's one, uh, definitely at Florida. And I'd have to go back and watch some more Louisiana, but his in-game adjustments, his in-game coaching to keep Florida in it. Now, luckily, he had a quarterback he could trust, and that's where I think, going back to the Kentucky game, I really think that's what he was getting with Anthony Richardson. Hey, the, 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 the switch is going to flip. I'm going to get the quarterback that I've seen all fall and that, that I can trust. It just never switched. It gets Tennessee. It was there from the start. And I think Billy Napier was getting comfortable as the game was going on. Right, my, my quarterback is on it. I can call anything I want to right now and feel comfortable that it's going to work. And that allowed him to adjust the game plan a little bit. And if Florida needed to run outside, it was there, it was available, and it was working. Byron Young, by the way. Byron Young, there you go. Oh, yeah, that was it. You know, one thing that was weird uh, with AR looking at um, the replay was that he he wasn't – 
looking over to his check down very regularly, which is interesting because, you know, um, we've had way more quarterbacks who are too quick to go to their check down, and now this is kind of the reverse. Did you say any of that? There was a couple of times where their check down was just staring at him with, with the defenders all downfield. Yep, and, it, uh, it was there. That's what I say. I, I'd like to see that that next step of his game. That, 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 that's one of them, I think, is to, to start working those check downs more. I mean, I, mean, I would think that's an easier step to, to learn. Oh, I think so. The other stuff he's doing well. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I, I think so too. Um, you know, his legs come into play too, probably a bit. It's there were probably at times where his legs were the check down, <laughs> and now it's okay. Well, you got a running back out of the backfield that's right there, just waiting on you, and you know you just give it to him, and there's a seven yard gain. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. Interesting. I wonder if that's the way he's thinking in his head. He's thinking check down. That's my that's my legs. Yeah, that's I possible. mean, I, yeah. I, I I think that can be. I, th- I think that can be part of it. I really do. And that was kind of from the Mullen, Mullen scheme. I think you know your your, your legs where you check down. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. Well, I don't think anybody thought we were winning the SEC this year, and that's definitely the case. So. What do they always say? As long as we get better from game to game. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of, you know, the, the mindset I, I, I thought, you know, going into this. I, I'd want to see Florida, and especially with a first-year head coach, be better in game 12 than game one. Uh, I, you know, I went to the – in one of the episodes, I went and said, hey, look, when November rolls around, after A&M, when you play Carolina, Vanderbilt, and FSU, you got to end the season 3-0. and um, That may look a little harder now with FSU probably being a little bit better than what we thought. I don't think South Carolina's about the same. They're about where I thought they'd be. Uh, Vanderbilt maybe a bit better, but not nowhere near a game. I'm picking Florida to lose. I, I, I still believe that. You know, Florida needs to end the season three and zero. That is still a benchmark for me um, when you look at the the, the schedule and, and how it breaks out right now. And the season may play out, and I may throw a And M in that. Where you okay? Where you have to go four and zero. I mean, don't get me. I mean, have to. What what does that mean? You know, for me to feel really good uh, about the next step and evolution of uh, of Florida football going into year two. You know, I think because of the opponents three and oh, and that if you want Gator Nation to feel really good about going into year two, you have to end the season three, you know. Now we have a dangerous Florida State team to worry about. <laughs> I know that, that matchup, <laughs> yet to be tested. They've yet to be tested, but that matchup, you know, that uh, them running the ball and our run defense. I mean, that's all. That's all I got to look at right now to say that's not going to be an easy game. Maybe they'll maybe maybe they'll be too full from Turkey. You know, day there after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Everybody doing good out there, by the way? If you've hopped in here and during this storm. We had a we had a, a ton of rain in Broward County, but uh other than the lawn chair being knocked over, not much damage. Good to hear. Good to hear, Bull. Yeah, I'm just uh Jacksonville and just some drizzling rain. We have yet to feel any effects yet. So yeah. Jacksonville's a yet though, right? Yet, right. Um, I don't. It looks like we're getting better and better. Uh, it's like, as far as north of Florida, St. Augustine's probably going to be the kind of cutoff point. Maybe it looks like it's going to be. It might still be pretty bad there. 
but um, especially South St. John's County, St. Augustine. So hopefully if you're all listening to this, um, when I put this out there, everybody is, is doing good, but um, that's probably where I'll be uh, the next couple of days is in the St. Augustine area. So, oh, so you're saying you're going to be in the line of the storm? Uh, well, oh, well, for the for, for the channel for Channel Four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be um, I'll be a I'm, my 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 role will be floating camera, so I will be going wherever they want to send me. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll stay dry. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. I don't have to go in till tomorrow evening, like five ish. So we'll see. Um, I think the brunt of it will probably be done, but we'll see how long it lasts. Um, Sunday. What do you guys? What do you think? What do you, what do you feel about this Sunday game against Eastern Washington? Do you you glad it's being played? Does it not really matter to you? I'm I'm definitely glad it's being played. Um, I, I was like, oh no, because I'm not so sure we're gonna we're gonna be bowl eligible. You know, because you can only win so many fifty fifty games, especially in the first year. That's true. That's true. And uh, I mean, in the end, probably you probably could have appealed it if you're a five win team, but hopefully we're not to that point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I think we honestly, we just want to see how AR responds uh, for one thing uh, to keep, see no matter the opponent, can he just keep it going? I don't know how much we'll be able to take away from it, but if it's not good, I think we'll take a whole lot away from it. Uh, if it's good, it's like, OK, well, it, it's there now. SEC play. Uh, comes into to full swing, and we'll see if he can keep it going. Uh, but now with the depth chart coming out, that's I think we're kind of okay. There we go. Let's <laughs> we'll see those young guys go out there and play a bit more. Yeah, the way we played against USF, we didn't get our cupcake game, so this right. will be the first one where maybe we can see some other players. So I'm excited. I mean, the only uh, the only other player to take a snap was Montreal Johnson on the Wildcat last last week, right? That's the only other player to take a snap this year. <laughs> yep. Huh. <laughs> hey Dave, I missed the uh press conference today. Uh-huh. Did anybody bring up uh whether or not we're gonna keep trying to run the kickoff back? Um he talked about that on Monday. Um and he did make it sound like it was still going to happen. There just may be some changes. And the changes were you probably I don't know if you saw it on the depth chart or not. Uh we don't Xavier Henderson is not listed on kickoff return anymore. Uh, it is Jamarcus West and Trevor Etienne, Nequan Wright, uh, Travis Johnson. Uh, so um, he did say they would look at it and they would you know, change accordingly. Um, I was fine. I'll, I'll go back to it one more time. I, I said, I'm okay with keep trying it like you are personnel-wise. If you want to bring it out, bring it out for you know, a couple more games. Try some different personnel. Hit home the penalties one more time. Try to hit that home. If it continues for a couple more games, all right, scrap it, wipe it, fair catch every time. Uh, it's you, you, when it's, when these when you start playing LSU and Georgia and Texas A and M, you cannot keep putting yourself in that position. Uh, so you know it's e- easier schedule coming up. You know if you see where you're at, try and work on some things. Maybe see if those penalties calm down a bit. If they don't, when you get in a hard SEC play, just scrap it. Please. Oh, and by the way, I, I saw that you typed that they didn't come to you for a question. I think they're afraid of you. They did not, man. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, SEC teleconference, I used, I've usually been able to get in there. Uh, I was not able to get in there today, and then um, I was one of, the ones, one of the first ones to put my name in to ask a question and uh, for the press conference. 
for the Zoom press conference, and uh, no, it was uh, skipped over. So it's not a first in uh, order sort of situation. It is not. They uh, they go to the regulars first, and then you know usually come back around, but you know. It's, uh. And sometimes it's not even consistent because, like, you know, back when I asked you know, Mullen the old infamous question, I was like, you know, I typed in the chat box. I got a question just like I normally do. And lo and behold, it comes to me first, like, which has never happened. <laughs> so, and then whatever happens, happens. But yeah, we're going to we're going to make you pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so you got good. in this job. They should get you should be first in line. <laughs> So, yeah, I know I, I, it was nothing major. I was just going to ask about Jervon and, and McClellan. I had, I had nothing major to really ask, but, you know, there was, I thought there was an opportunity, but I guess not. I even had Nick, Nick text me when he saw me jump into Zoom. He was like, hey, Dave's back. And, you know, so, oh, well, it's all good. I guess that's so, pretty. Go ahead, Bull. go ahead, Bull. I was just thinking, and I know we shouldn't look ahead. Mm-hmm. We have Eastern Washington this week, but it's Eastern <laughs> Billy, Washington. Billy Napier was saying, "Don't uh, don't look ahead. Do not look ahead." <laughs> right. Um, as you watch, and I'm looking way ahead. Okay. I've been watching these Texas A and M games. Mm-hmm. They look like, as bad as we do. Yeah, I, that uh, they look. They are struggling. That offense is. Um, nothing special. Uh, and who was it? There, Anaya Smith, is that their wide receiver who went down uh, versus Arkansas? He's going to miss the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, uh, so they were already struggling on offense and now losing one of their best weapons. And their defense is okay, um, pretty good. Probably not as good as what we thought coming into the season. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see where, where, where that goes. Um, but you're right. I mean, there's nothing to write home about. Uh, with them, they beat a good Arkansas team, um, and you know the Miami win was looked at as bigger than it should have been at the time. <laughs> but yeah, we'll. I, see. I don't know if you, I don't know if you watched the Arkansas game, but they just out talented them. Yeah, they, I, they I, just I, had they they had more talent on the field, and it was just I don't want to say both teams were trying to lose, but geez, for what some a time from time it looked like that. Yeah, I watched the second half of that game. That's. You're right. That's probably the biggest takeaway. They just they just had more talent. Uh, neither team looked great, and um, I was thinking Arkansas, you know, better quarterback. They they probably could win that game. There was opportunities there for for them to win that game, uh, but you're right. When it, when it come down to it, AM just so, got the job done. Yeah. So the pro- my point to all of that was that. I'm looking at LSU and Arkansas. I said, well, LSU, we should be able to win that. Our, Texas A&M, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Now, those are pretty comparable games. No, I think so. I, I look at that. Yeah, it's, it's like we have a chance to win them both. And I thought I had Texas A&M uh, penciled in as a definite L when the season started. Yeah, you're right. With the way the season plays out there, LSU, I still don't know if we know a whole lot about them. Um, I know a lot of people were picking them to lose versus Mississippi State. And that was before the season, before they – some even thought LSU was going to be pretty good, but they were thinking Mississippi State was going to be better. Uh, and then the FSU game rolls around, the season starts, and then people start feeling even worse about LSU. And then they beat Mississippi State anyway. Um, yeah, I still think we're still – I mean, we'll, we'll really start getting it. That, I mean, we know a whole lot about this Florida team because of who Florida's played. Uh, a lot of other teams still have not played 
uh, you know, great opponents week in and week out. So we're going to start learning start learning more about these teams. But, yeah, LSU, I thought that was probably more of a 50-50 game coming into the season too. Uh, anyway, just because coaching change going on there, everything that's happening, kind of the same at Florida, culture change, all that stuff's got to got, got to take stronghold. Uh, and then we saw the FSU game being played against LSU. So, yeah, okay, there you go. You got that game at home, very winnable game. You got a bye week the next week, you know, so you can kind of rest up a bit. But now, yeah, the Texas A&M game, I mean, we know the the, the horrors Florida's had there uh, in 2020, but it's, it's it, it is it is more winnable than I think a lot of people were predicting back in August. Of course, what I'm doing with this uh, far in advance predictions, mm-hmm. I'm ignoring Missouri, which I think our head coaches <laughs> have done since they joined the SEC. <laughs> yeah, I watched... Because this was the first yeah. week I this is the first week I was home um, to watch you know a lot of football, and I watched that Missouri Auburn game, and that was some ugly, ugly, ugly football. Ugly, yep. And, ugly. And I, granted, Missouri was an ugly team last year too. Um, so, I, but it's hard to you know get a measure on comparing to Florida this year to last year. Um, but LSU plays Auburn at Auburn, you know, this weekend. This weekend, yeah. That could very well be a clown show as well. It could be, right. I think we, we, we can't. That's what I'm saying. We'll start learning more about these teams now. We know Auburn's not good. Uh, so if LSU goes out there and looks like they did versus FSU and has another ugly game like that, then okay. I, mean, I know it's a rivalry game and all that stuff, but okay. But, and that's a game, really, if if LSU plays an average game, they, they, they win that game by 10. But if you're in a dogfight with Auburn, I'd just... Yeah, I think we can feel a little bit more confident about that LSU game coming forward. Now, at the same time, as as Bull mentioned, we've got to see Florida look good versus Missouri <laughs> next week at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And, the, then, uh, and then the week we play Missouri, yeah, that's LSU, Tennessee, right? I believe. I don't know. So, yeah. Yes, that's yeah. correct. So yeah, L- it's, ten, it's the balls at Tigers. Yeah, so LSU plays Tennessee, and then they play us. They play Auburn. Tennessee, Florida. Yep. So that's a tough stretch. It is a tough stretch. Uh, although you got to assume that uh, from this weekend, anyway, Harrison's going to be playing for his job every week. Yeah, and there was there was the rumor out there that if Missouri won that game, that Harson was going to be fired. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, there you go. I mean, all, uh, Missouri's going to get, you know, they're, they're the coach killers. We got Mullen fired last year, and then we get Harson fired this year. And <laughs> but it was not to be. Uh, but that that's only a matter of time. No, nah, he's, I don't think he survives this year. So they're just looking for, my thing is, if you already know, why, why are you delaying the inevitable? I, I don't I don't get it. Are you, are you saying that which must be done eventually must be done immediately? <laughs> that is what I'm saying. The, uh, <laughs> the infamous Jeremy Foley line. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, there's a lot of people coming from the Auburn side of things saying that's just a matter of time. So, Yeah. Now, I have a, a buddy of mine who's a big Auburn supporter, and he's like, uh, Harrison didn't mesh with the Auburn or even the SEC way of doing things. Like he is a, a, a square peg in a round hole. They knew that when they hired Tiff. him. That's what I don't get. Unless they went against the wishes of all those boosters that are now involved and we're seeing the outcome of that. But 
They need to get Dan Mullen. He's available. Man, it wouldn't. God. Man, I'm so glad. (laughs) I'm so glad Rooster posted that in the chat because I had that pulled up before I had to restart my computer. And he he must have just read my mind. So if you're in the main chat, he posted first year guys that Florida have seemed to really bought in. Of course, the transfers, Pearsall, Torrance, Kimber, Johnson. But look at the top recruits. One, two, three, four, five. Yep, same number I had earlier. The top five recruits in the class are guys who have flashed and made plays through four games this year for Florida. Kamari Wilson is going to be starting this weekend. We're going to see him out there on the field a little bit more. Shamar James has looked good for a true freshman at linebacker. McClellan, we just talked about him earlier. Tennessee, ETN, they don't need to say anything about him. We all know about that. Devin Moore out there, final drive versus Utah. He's been playing sparingly too. I mean, the top of that class, <laughs> stars matter. <laughs> the top of that class has really contributed so far uh, for Florida. Yeah. And I'm glad you qualified Shamar James for a freshman because he struggled a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, for a freshman, was, damn good. Yeah, I mean, he's made plays and he's definitely looked like a freshman uh, out there. There was one, I think it was, I think it was versus Tennessee. I don't think it was the game before. I think it was versus Tennessee where you know the the running back, you know, comes out of the backfield and he should have went with him and nope, <laughs> left him completely wide open. And uh, I'm going to chalk that up to a freshman mistake. Uh, but, you know, there are the, for all the, you know, why don't we just replace this person with that person? Well, then there, there might be the reason why. Right. Is there I'd something rather to make those mistakes this year than, you know, in a year or two because he didn't get any snaps? Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Get, go out there and give them some snaps. They don't have to replace Amari Bernie right now. You know, there's there's still a, a, a use for Amari Bernie out there. There's still use for not rushing those guys out there, uh, letting them learn. Yeah, at least they're at least they're out there. They can learn from the mistakes. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, cost farted a game or anything. Of course, Amari James has made enough plays, I think, to warrant being out there and getting some playing time. But, you know, I, I think we're going to see them. We're going to see the mistakes along with it. It's also good that, you know, <laughs> we needed it just because of the position there at defensive line, but McClellan just ending up in the class because that was really questionable whether he was going to be in the class or not with everything that happened with Evers in Oklahoma and Gibson with Oklahoma. Uh, McClellan being from Oklahoma, there was a lot of talk he was just going to stay because he had got close with those players. He was just going to stay at Oklahoma. I mean, staff did a good job of, of making sure that did not happen. Uh, so I think, you know, playing time and depth chart had a lot to do with it, but Good sell by this staff to make sure that he did not get away. Yeah, he yeah, was for sure. Out. That was something I neglected to to include when I was talking about how uh, how impressed I have been with him. Because it was close to not getting him. <laughs> that was that for was sure. scary. Yeah, it's a little hard not to think about you know Tamu and the state of their play, where you know they're coming off this most epic class what was it of all time mm. and uh seeing our true freshmen in many cases you know doing well making mistakes but doing very well um yeah, I, don't know, I feel like there's something to that yeah i haven't heard um what's the big receiver's name evan stewart out there at a&m evan stewart 
Walter Nolan, I've looked in on him. Yeah. As, you know, at least not from a stat line perspective. Litigator, are you trying to say something? I heard your mic, but I'm not really sure if you got... No, no. I've, in fact, my, my mic has been acting funny. No, no, no. I mean, lit, litigator, litigator. Oh. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought Stewart got injured at A&M. Well, did, wasn't he caught up in that where they suspended some players a couple weeks ago? All right, let me make sure. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Let's see. I thought that's what it was, but let's see. Uh, ba ba Yeah, they were suspended for the Aggies win over Miami. Um, Evan Stewart and three other freshmen. He now he was off to a good start, so let me uh, back up on that. He ten catches for 170 yards before the Miami game. That does sound pretty good. Yeah. So, and then well, one of those were the App State game, right? Where they did lose. I guess it would have to be. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Sadly, you know who's tearing it up is Hopper in Missouri. Oh, I know. It's like their number one tackler. Yep. Speaking of the uh, Missouri Auburn game, yes, <laughs> I didn't know the stats. I was like, oh yeah. man, <laughs> that was a that's a killer. It really is. Uh, this defense would be, and I'm not gonna sit here and say they'd be excellent with him, but I don't think they'd be as bad as what they were. There was well, as bad as what they're showing right now. No doubt. They just are just struggling so much at linebacker. Yeah. Especially if Miller's not on the field. It is. It is so apparent. But that's what we get for years after years and years of just tweeners and defensive ends playing or edge rushers playing linebacker and safeties playing linebacker. It's just, no, go recruit me some linebackers. Yeah, it's really crazy how much it shows. Also, I don't think C. Rob's coaching or whatever yeah. he's doing was doing back there did anyone any favors. Right, I'm not saying that can't work or couldn't work, but it, coaching didn't help him. Yep. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, uh, you, you usually say like first level, second level, third level, but in our team, it's just like I don't know. It's all one thing. It's so <laughs> porous. It really is. Yeah, I'd like to see something at star. I mean, I don't I think we're struggling there too. Javez, you know, he's he'll make a play here or there, but and he takes a yeah, Travez is he takes a He's only like Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was only gonna say that that the reason we're not bringing his name up is because there's more people in front of him to Cur bring up. Yeah. Other, he's not doing anything. No, he's takes himself out of play, he takes himself out of position a whole lot there. Um you know, Perkins that is here, he can't learn uh, the, the playbook. And you can't trust him to, yeah, that's to so go out sad. there and do the right thing. And it's just, man, it's just. He does. He looks so athletic. Yeah. I mean, it's such a shame. 
But that that's interesting though when you think about it. There are so many of those guys yeah. that are struggling with the playbook. So if you hear of one who really can't learn the playbook, you gotta say, like, my God, <laughs> he must be doing 180 degrees different from what they want him to do. Because <laughs> half of these guys look like they don't know the playbook. Like when they're, they're looking at the they're looking at the quarterback and the receiver's running right past them. Like, come on. Uh, you have a way of putting it, Bull. <laughs> but it's, it's like, did Mullen just go out and say, just, this guy's got four stars, recruit him. You don't want us to interview him? You don't want to see if he can spell his own name? Don't, four stars, recruit him. Anyway, it's what it seems. Just yeah. this I think just seemed dim. It, it might have been that Dan was like, oh, wow, uh, the rating agencies slipped one through and no one else wants them. Take them. So it'll boost my score. <laughs> yeah. That is, that was part of it. <laughs> Trying to get some of those late guys in, right? Guys that would never qualify, but boost the ra- boost the rankings of the classes. We did have a f- more than a few of those. But yeah, I mean, on the depth chart, Will Coxon is the thir- is third at star. So, you know, I don't know there. Do you do you slide a Jordan Young over? Do you try him there? You know, if things continue the way they are. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do at that position. Young is a player. I'm surprised. What was it, litigator? Do we do we need that spot schematically? Like, aren't there teams <sighs> that play without a star? Yeah, I mean, it does depend on who you're playing, how you're playing. I mean, versus. Versus Tennessee, as much as they were going to stretch you out with four, you were definitely putting, you know, star out there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that you're right. I don't know if that's something you change moving forward. I always heard that the star position, they created the star position for the guys like, uh, I'm not going to remember his name, started with a U, who played for Chicago, who was both a safety and a linebacker. But if you play a run-heavy team, the guy who was the star was Mm -hmm. your third linebacker. If you play a pass-heavy team, who guy was the star was your, you know, fifth DB. And uh, now they just have a tweener there, and they call him a star. I don't know if that's for the best. Yeah, because the way it is, it is not a linebacker cornerback hybrid. It is a just safety, safety cornerback yeah, hybrid right. in this right. in this one. Well, Chauncey was that, I think. Yeah, he was. Wasn't he? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. And and he did he made it work. Well, Chauncey is one of the best players in the NFL at that position, too. That's a, that's a course of a different color. We get somebody close to Chauncey, we can put him at star, and we're good. It is, but, but, to, but think about yeah, the switch. Th- but, but think about the switch, too. Like, Chauncey, the year before that, was not that good. Oh, no. 2017, <laughs> he was rough. Yeah. But his, his yeah. final year was, yeah. he was, he was, was the was, best player on the field. Yeah. That, that, his last game in Atlanta, that was something to behold. Yep. Yeah, that, that's why I brought him up, just be exactly what Dave said, because I just remember going like, what is he doing the first season? And then just watching him, you know, rocket ship yeah. as soon as Mullen came in. And that was amazing. one reason I wasn't really ready to give up on somebody like a Trey Dean or somebody like an Amari Bernie or something. I was like, we've, we've seen it. We've seen it. And I'm not calling those guys NFL talents like Chauncey Gardner. And that's not what I meant either. Just, uh, all right, it didn't look good before – Needed a different coach. Needed maybe a different scheme, and it unlocked something. 
So, you know, Bernie, I'd say he's probably a hair better than what he was last year. I won't necessarily say. He's making more impact plays. The, 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 the bad plays are still there, but the good plays are better, I guess probably I should say it for Bernie. Um, Dean, I no growth whatsoever. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. No. Cox, what do you think, you know, Dan? Brenton Cox, I think he's better. Um, nothing special, but I think he's better than what he was. Kind of the same thing with Bernie. His, his good plays are better, but the bad plays are still there. Yeah, it's a good way. Of, that's a euphemistic way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Hey, uh, Dave, I'd like your opinion on Princely. I was reading for some people say he's just undersized, but I don't know. It's, it's Is that just another instance of someone not knowing the playbook or? Because he <sighs> always seems to be, he's there, he's around the ball, but he's being pushed out of the way. He's never making a play. Yeah, I mean, if you just want to, if that's something you want to look at and say, I mean, he he is being pushed around. He is being maybe phys- more physically manhandled. I mean, Boone's got 15 pounds on him, according to the depth chart. Boone's 260, mm-hmm. Princely's 245. And you can see it on the field, too. When when Boone comes out there, he you see that. You see that difference. Um, and maybe that is what it is. Um so yeah, there's probably something to that. Uh, I, I I I can I can go I can go with that. I can agree with that. Yeah. You got he, a princely alleged according to the depth chart taller than Boone, but maybe he's just more gaunt, more uh, slight. Yeah, he doesn't have the body mass. Yeah, because I'm looking at it. I mean, if we're just looking at you know if if these are updated, and you know, I don't know how much we can really glean from this. Um, you know, you got Dexter at a defensive end three twelve, Sats behind him at two sixty three, <laughs> and then McClellan three oh five. Um, you know, Jamari Lyons is listed as a nose tackle. He's two ninety eight. Jalen Lee's two ninety nine. Um, so yeah, two forty five is a little light in the bridges for the line. Yeah. Although, what's his name? Powell Ryland. Well, look at him, 243, and he's in on a lot of plays. Both good and good and uh, penalty causing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some are all 231. I mean, that might be why you just don't see him yet, why he's not being able to kind of get out there. I mean, he's he's looked small to me out there when the little we've seen him. Maybe but this is what we're kind of talking about. These are the Mullen recruits, the yeah. four stars, you know. But, but Summerall was good coming out of Lakeland. That wasn't, that wasn't, right. I, I remember his recruiting. That was somebody I hoped we got because I saw him play a little and he was good. Mm-hmm. That's why maybe, maybe this is just the style. They need big bodies on the line in, in the new defense. And some of these guys are just getting pushed out of the way by the, uh, the beef. Yeah, like Desmond Watson. Yeah, I was hoping you know, uh, talking about one-on-one battles up front earlier. You know, I was hoping Watson would be able to kind of follow up his USF game with some plays, but I don't remember him really standing out much versus Tennessee. I mean, no, but nobody up front really did, honestly. No, I mean, you had your linebackers come in through the middle, and and you know they were blitzing, making some plays. Hey, that, that was another adjustment I, I, I liked seeing. It was. Something we haven't really seen, um, but uh, I think it was something they identified. We, we saw them attack up the middle. It made a difference. But then they even said, well, you know what, let's put Britton Cox over in the middle, too. I mean, Britton Cox played middle linebacker when he was, you know, kind of rushing in on the quarterback. You know, they lined him up over the center. 
that I think they identified that's where Tennessee was weak. And we're going to attack the center. We're going to blitz the center. I mean, it almost paid off. I mean, I think that the Bernie, the Bernie sack fumble was there. Um, I think Cox did get into the backfield one time and then got into the backfield on the third and 10 as well from the middle spot. And, you know, just, man, if he didn't make that play, I, th- I think the game's a little bit different. Uh, but I think they, they identified something and you know, rotated players differently uh, there at that middle linebacker spot. To, you know, you had Cox, you, you had your traditional Miller and Bernie. Uh, that, that was something different. Uh, I like what they showed, what, what Patrick Tony showed, uh, with moving Brenton Cox around a little bit and taking advantage of a, of a weakness where they saw against Tennessee. We didn't record any sacks in that game, though, did we? Nope. Yeah, Shamir uh, James had one. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Shamar did. Yep, that's right. He did. Okay, yep. gotcha. Because what I, that I what I remember is probably because I remember too much negative, is that uh, uh, Hooker just killed us with his legs. I mean, yeah. that was, I don't want to say the difference in the game, but that was the difference in the game. Oh, it was. I mean, the, the fact that he could run up the middle and we would just watch him. Yep. I mean, even when Florida did win up front, you know, I said you got to go win your one-on-one battles. When they did win up front, it was, ugh, Hooker's going to make the play anyway. Yeah, it was a killer. He was, he, he was a difference maker. He, he really was. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, Florida did win up front. He just, well, you know what? Uh, I'll make the play myself anyway. And he broke away from tackles. Then the one against Cox where just oh so close on the third and 10 and making the first down. I mean. Yeah, it was frustrating. But, you know, they got to win two games out of every 17, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> they got to keep the hate in their hearts a little bit. They got to they gotta mm-hmm. win one to keep the hate in their hearts. That's a that's a strange positive, but yeah, I kind of see this man. <laughs> hey, I'm reading you here, so right, let's go, old man. <laughs> is still alive. Yeah, there we go. Now I can. Is uh, Hendon Hooker coming back next year? Yeah, I, he's a redshirt senior, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's, he should. That's what I remember seeing. This is his fifth year playing. Like he's had five years because of COVID. Well, he, was he, didn't, he didn't. He didn't. He uh, didn't redshirt a year. He played five years. Yeah, this, he's he is done. No more eligibility left for him. And he came from VT, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And I guess Fuente Damn. just didn't know how to use him, or you know, he saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, I, the matchup with Brew McCoy helps. I mean, I think there's just more talent around him, obviously. So. He did do a good job. I, I mean, he's he's probably a better quarterback all around than uh, Will Levis. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I God, think, yes, I think so. I mean, that's he was one reason that I mean that offense I mean, was the reason I picked Tennessee over Kentucky. You know, I picked Florida above both of them. So I guess shame on me. But um, <laughs> I just keep getting confused because the praise that um, Will Levis is getting always makes me go, "What am I not seeing?" Uh, yeah, well, he's he's real tall. He's got a cannon for an arm. So they look at that as potential. Yep. And uh, that's, could, that's what everybody's seeing because they can't be looking at what he's doing on the field. I guess, uh, it, it was put in the chat earlier today, and I was like, you know what? He can be one of those you know, guys that are just under the radar in college. Well, I guess he's not under the radar because they're, they're picking him high in the draft for a lot of mock drafts. But it's you know the college production does not match the potential, and I guess he can be one of those guys. 
Uh, but he he would be, I guess, the, the way they're picking it, he would be a better NFL quarterback than he is a college quarterback. Yeah, I don't see that happening. He's got a lot of the, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say your, your description of being tall with a cannon for an arm, not the same thing exactly, but obviously both of those things Frank's had. That's really converted. I think they're thinking more Josh Allen than Felipe. <laughs> you know, the NFL. He's bigger. He's thicker, too. I mean, Felipe's a string bean. Mm-hmm. All right. Good chat, guys. Yeah, thanks for having it, Dave. Yeah, I'm thanks, gonna um, I'm gonna double dip on this one um, since the rest of my week is pretty much taken up. So I'm gonna give everybody a taste if they're not Gators Breakdown Plus members, they get a taste of something we do here, um, especially during the season, a, a lot more. I should do it more, but season gets kind of crazy. And now I'm back in the office at work a little bit too. So trying to still, now, your, still trying to figure. Does your wife out. give you a hard time when you say, "Honey, I'm going to go for a chat on the uh, uh, Discord for an hour"? Um, <laughs> I'll keep. Uh, I won't say a word there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she's she's pretty good about it most of the time. Uh, you know, it's just helping my daughter with homework and all that kind of stuff too. It real life gets in the way a little bit, so right. trying to. Uh, that's why I kind of like trying to do it around lunchtime sometimes as well. But, of course, more people can join in the evening. So I'm still trying to, now that I'm back in the office, still trying to kind of figure the schedule out a bit. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to try and get a better hold on it. And then, of course, hurricane hits this week. So it kind of throws the schedule up in the air again. So. <laughs> That's true. All righty, Dave. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you so much. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown and your Gators Breakdown Plus preview. That chat preview of what we do each and every week on Gators Breakdown Plus. So that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Everybody stay safe out there, and thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.